Alright guys, how's it going? Welcome back to the How Do I Dynasty League podcast. Uh, I'm hosting today. Uh, Join with me is Cole. Cole, how's it going? Pretty good, boss. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, glad to be back in the lab talking about another division. Uh, today is part two of our three-part series going through each division's drafts. Uh, today we've got the Central Division, which is featuring Dan the Duckies, Tony the Tauntauns, Jabir the Sharks, and Ryan the Hawks. So we're just going to go over each team, listen to an interview that we conducted with each owner, and then talk a little bit about each of those teams. So without further ado, let's uh, jump right into our first interview with Ryan. All right, join with us first here is the Fantasy Hawkeye himself, Ryan. How you doing again, man? Good, and you? Pretty good, pretty good. Right now, we are in round 28, and... uh, first of our interviews here so we're gonna ask you quick questions here so what was your strategy coming into this draft you know the interesting thing with this one for me was um see i've never done anything like this before this in depth so i had made that complicated board i'm still running with that i haven't changed anything really ever since and right now what i've got so going into it my plan was to originally take um Mahomes 11th overall because his ADP was 13th. And then I was actually going to go Kittle. The problem with that was that most of the top tier running backs were off the board. I wanted one top tier running backs. That's why I went Le'Veon Bell. And then what I was going to do is at pick 205 and 206, I was going to trade up at that point. When I saw Kittle go at 203, I kind of panicked. And I started just thinking to myself, okay, what the heck am I going to do now at tight end? So then I, so then that's when I got the trade at 210 to grab Kelsey. And I mean, other than that, it was basically just filling in the normal gaps here. Um, grabbing wide receiving depth, quarterback. As you can see, excuse me, as you can see here, I picked up... Uh, Sammy Watkins, Ridley, Cortland Sutton, young talent wide receivers right away, Jordan Howard. And then I decided to go ahead and target defense. Now for this, I had wanted to go in and get as the most amount of talent this po- the most amount of young talent as possible. I'm perfectly fine picking veterans now. I have no problem with that at all. The thing was that younger talent was more important. And I feel like that star power on defense <clears throat> is going to be the difference maker between winning just games in this and winning your whole thing. And right now, basically, it's just all about filling in, um, getting the best available depth at each individual position for backups. Yeah, so uh, so Ryan, obviously you said the... Uh... Your plan to take Kittle uh, didn't quite go according to plan. But uh, in terms of the rest of your your strategy you came in with, uh, did it turn out as well as you thought? Did it turn out better, worse? Just kind of how did it uh, play out for you? You know, considering I was at 11th and 2nd in my picks, you know, um, this is a very this is arguably the most difficult spot to pick at, in my opinion. So considering that, average draft positions, when I looked at getting Sammy Watkins... Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton. It was around that area. Khalil Mack, around that area. Clinton Dix, around that area. And based off of that, I think it's gone just about as good as I can expect, really. Yeah, you actually sniped me on Clinton Dix. I was planning on grabbing him within a round or two of when you took him from me. So good on that pick there. Which guy did you want really badly that you did get sniped on aside from Kittle? That's a good question, actually. I'd have to say, um, one of the pick um, a few nights ago, I would have to say when Hitchens was take see my plan was to take Hitchens and Kirksey as my backup linebackers, and probably both of them. I lost out on the night before. Otherwise, I would have taken them that morning. 
so yeah, Ryan, uh, one player in particular that I want to get a little more analysis from you about is your pick of Pat Mahomes in the first, because uh, I was, one of the things I was really curious about coming into this was seeing who was going to take Mahomes early. And I was thinking it was going to be like late second, early third. I was going to expect to see someone go him, but yeah, I was not ready for uh, Mahomes in the first round. So just kind of, because I mean, obviously you can see the benefit, you know, if he plays as well as he did last year, like you're set at QB for like a decade plus, but is that kind of why you uh, went with Mahomes there? 25 years of age. I'm good at quarterback for the next 10 years, I think in this league. And I, and he was really the only other quarterback besides Deshaun Watson I was willing to go after. The average draft position on him by most sites was 13th overall. And I said, you know what? I'm in the area. I'm going to pull the trigger. And ADP has been my friend most of this draft, like I said. Yeah, it was definitely the wild card pick in the first round. I think I reacted uh, audibly with a wow when I saw that pick, but I understand the rationale behind it. So you got your guy locked up for a decade plus. And it can only get better for him. So which team do you think you like the most out of all of the teams aside from your own? That's a great question, actually. Honestly, I haven't really gotten too much into it. But I think that strategy-wise, I do think that I think based off of strategy, um, I'm going to go with Aaron, actually. There you go, friend of the pod. Uh, much appreciated. You know, uh, glad to uh, glad to see that... Uh a strategist uh, stick together. So outside of like the first couple rounds, cause it's pretty hard to not like what anyone did within their like first three picks. Uh, just discuss like your favorite pick from your roster. It could be a starter. could be a developmental bench piece. Just whoever is like your favorite pick outside of those first couple rounds. I would have to say probably, um, Oh boy, I mean, this was really tough for me because I really like a lot of them. I like how I set up the roster in general, the playing going in and all that. The spread out on the defensive, the spread out and evenness between each individual position I've done, but talent-wise. But I think I'm going to have to probably go with Kane only because um, I felt like that looking at some different rankings for him. It was, he's a younger guy. It'll, it's just going to be developmental from here on out. Not really developmental for him from here on out, but at the same time though, he's younger. And um, <clears throat> I just think he's going to be a solid younger defensive back for me for the future. And then also I probably have to say Tremaine Edwards as well, the quick developing uh, star linebacker in Buffalo. Yeah. I heard you sniped Aaron on that pick too. Yeah, literally, uh, like, as I traded up, because he picked at the, I think it was, like, the 9-11, and then I traded up for the 10-02, and I <laughs> I asked him, I said, all right, accept the deal, I just hope you're not taking the guy I traded up for, and then, lo and behold, I refreshed the, the website, and I was going to go Tremaine Edmonds, and then I saw that Ryan took him, and I just kind of just, just looked at my phone and just shook my head for a couple seconds. Did you ever think about trading back down? <laughs> No, because, I mean, with that pick, I just saw the value of taking Landon Collins and Keanu Neal. I mean, I didn't get a top linebacker, but I ended up getting two top safeties. So, I mean, it, it worked out in the end. It wasn't the worst trade in the world, but it was it was just disappointing to when I loaded the page. I, maybe I should have pushed for your ninth-round pick instead, but it worked out in the end. Yeah, I mean, I... um. I think, too, that for me, the two-star linebackers, really good job there by me, I think, with Khalil and Tremaine Edmonds. And even bringing in um, Kenny Yon, the developing linebacker down there in Buffalo, middle linebacker in Buffalo, and also bringing in Jules. So I have depth there, younger depth. And then at defensive back, a little weaker there. I think, honestly, my weakest position on this team has got to be the defensive line, though. Which, in all honesty, is okay with me because based off of ADP, projected point values, all that defensive line was the weakest on most boards that I had researched. Your Olivier Vernon pick was pretty solid though. Getting good value on him later in the draft as well. Yeah. I just thought it was good value. That's why I went ahead and did it. Same thing with Peyton Barber too, to start a running back in um, 
Ciampa right now. Not for long. Not for long. That's my guy now. <laughs> Yo, Aaron, what's your uh, what's your favorite pick on this man's team? Oh my, my favorite pick on his roster. And I mean, obviously, again, I'm not gonna go to the top because it's hard to not like Travis Kelsey or Pat Mahomes. Um, I mean, Tremaine Edmonds is obviously an easy pick since he sniped me, but I'm going to actually go with uh, I'm gonna go with Sammy Watkins. Uh, I think I think you got him at a bit of a deal. Uh, I think personally, I think Tyree Kill. Uh, is a very good candidate to be suspended at the start of the season. Um, and if that happens, I think that Sammy Watkins is the number one there. And I've always been a fan of his talent. I mean, and being the number one receiver for Pat Mahomes, like I think he could pretty easily be a top 12 receiver. Um, so yeah, I, I really like the Sammy Watkins pick for you. I've actually had, um, I want to fill you in on that too. I thought about going um, with the Sammy Watkins thing. Um, average draft position actually matched, give or take, for me there. So that's why I did that. But um, like you said, too, with the Tyreek Hill deal. But in my opinion, Mahomes never did have a full number one there other than Tyreek Hill. See, in the NFL nowadays, I think teams need to have two number ones. And this is just that second number one. Yeah, if I had to pick one from your roster, if I can't go with Le'Veon Bell, that's probably my overall favorite. I think he's probably going to get around 1,800 yards and 10 to 12 touchdowns on the year. But um, I'd probably go with Clinton Dix. Uh, you picked him later, and he's going to just be a tackle machine back there in the back for everything that their defensive line isn't going to clean up. He's just going to be racking up tackles in the back, getting a few picks on the year on that great defense. So I do love that pick. And uh, same thing I felt like about Fitzpatrick also right after. Yeah, as long as he develops, he's got a sky-high ceiling there, and it's going to be a, a crappy defense on Miami, so they can probably end up with a lot of tackles as well for him. Uh, and then lastly, Ryan, uh, was your plan always to uh, take a late-round rookie pick? Because uh, you took yours in the 24th round. You ended up getting the 11th pick. Were you always planning on... Uh, draft at the end of that draft or did you um were you looking to go earlier but once you saw how many people were going earlier you just decided to avoid that till later in the draft you know the interesting thing about that is that i wanted to get a middle rounder and when those middle rounders went the night before i said forget it my plan was to always go middle and prepare and draft as if it was the middle round pick but really, I mean, the other thing, too, with the rookie draft is that with me, um, I'm really only targeting two guys. And I know you two know them. Not everybody, I'm sure, but, I mean, everybody else might not necessarily know. So... Yeah, no need to spoil it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not everybody necessarily knows, but um, I'm assuming but you guys would probably know. And that's really it. I mean, only those two guys who I was targeting there. Well, if you want to trade up, man, <laughs> we discussed this already. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining us again, man, for your second interview here. And good luck to you this season. Thanks, you guys, too. Thank you. So when it comes to Ryan's team, I think the conversation can only start by talking about Pat Mahomes. I think it was probably the biggest shock value pick of the entire draft. I don't think anyone was expecting Mahomes to go in the first. And that doesn't mean it's a bad pick per se. I mean, if he plays the level he did last year for the next decade plus, that's probably the, the best value in the first round altogether. Uh, you pair that with Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins from the Chiefs, two very good pass catchers. Uh, I mean, obviously Kelsey's the best tight end in the league. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's a stud on offense and a pretty solid D overall. Uh, I definitely think there's some solid listening blocks here in Omaha. Yeah, I was gonna say Ryan's team is uh it's pretty top heavy. Uh, he's got a pretty nice linebacking core, and you stack that to go with uh, Kelsey and Hawkinson, which was a pretty solid pick, uh, along with uh, Sammy Watkins at wideout, Le'Veon Bell as you just mentioned, and then Pat Mahomes. He's got more of a top heavy lineup, but he can still do a decent amount of damage here. I just don't think there's as much depth here with this roster as some of the others in the division.
No, I actually think that's a theme we're going to see throughout each of these teams. I feel like all of them, to some degree, do have depth concerns. Uh, I do think, particularly at uh, running back, if Ryan were to suffer an injury to Le'Veon Bell, I do feel like he would end up struggling, relying on Jordan Howard, Peyton Barber, and Matt Breida, uh, relying on at least two of those every week. But overall, if I had to give a projection for this team, I would probably say worst case, he's looking at four wins if he suffers some injuries. And best case, he's looking at a probably seven to eight win season, sneaking into the playoffs and riding a Pat Mahomes uh, tear. Yeah, I'd probably uh, project, like you said, low end, probably around four, uh, six, probably best case scenario in my opinion here. It's the, uh, like you just said, the running back depth and then the uh, receiver depth. I'm not the biggest fan of Cortland Sutton, so perhaps I'm a little bit biased with that, but I just uh, feel like the wide receivers are going to be a little bit of a problem. And like you said, the running back depth, there is one team in this division that has perhaps the best running back depth in the entire league, and we'll get to them here in a little bit. But yeah, next year we'll be heading out to Denver to speak with Dan, the Duckies. All right, join with us now is the Denver Duckies himself, Dan the Man, a.k.a. Lieutenant Ducky. How you doing, boss? Pretty good, fellas. How you guys doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Glad the rookie draft's all done and we're set to go here. So we're just going to ask you a few quick questions here. So we'll start off first with what was your strategy heading into the draft? All right, so my strategy was pretty simple. Um Besides the first round, there wasn't really anyone that I kind of wanted to really have, you know, that I was really striving to get. Um, So it was just kind of more of a sit and wait till it's my pick and then I go. But if people wanted to um, move up and maybe get some of my picks, I would let them approach me. Um, I would see what offers would benefit me. And then just kind of go with the flow. You know, it was very simple. Just kind of sit there, um, take whoever I thought would be um, in my best interest, the play style that I like, uh, as well as kind of just go. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Just because besides the first round, there wasn't anyone that I really, really, really wanted. Um but yeah, that was pretty much it. So, did the draft end up uh, going well for you? Did you get the players? You know, did you get the team that you uh, were hoping for? Did it go worse than you expected? Better than you expected? Uh, How did it go for you? So during the draft, I very much enjoyed my team. I was like my team throughout. Um, you know, I'm very. I was happy with it. Uh, Post draft, I'm still happy with it. But kind of looking at other people's uh, teams, I started to realize that maybe I started going with the started picking a little some of the defensive players a little earlier than um, than I should have. Um, but then again, I wasn't I wasn't because because I didn't really do research as to dynasty, you know, when to start doing these certain picks. Um, just like I told you, my first part, I was just kind of going with the flow. So once I started seeing defense players, you know, getting picked left and right, I was like, okay, maybe I should start kind of going for that. So the only thing I wish maybe was to wait on some of the defense players, maybe try to go people with high ceilings, such as maybe receivers, certain receivers, certain running backs. Um, just because even though I like my depth, I just feel like it could have been better if I waited on my um you know, and the IDP is a little, a little later. Still ended up with the Boza brothers, so pretty good uh, pull there. So good job with that one. Both of bosses. Both of bosses. So which guy did you get sniped on that you wanted the most? Uh, the person I would say that I really got sniped on that I wasn't too, too maybe happy that they took. Um, it was in the later rounds, surprisingly enough. It was, I'm pretty sure, I can't exactly remember, but I'm pretty sure that both Rudolph and uh, Jordan Reed got taken in the same round. And I was hoping to take one of them. Um, 
I'm pretty sure I had them both pre-drafted. But then once it got to my pick, I was like, and then Aaron was like, you're on the clock, ducky. I realized that both of them were taken and kind of gave me a little, 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 little sad. Um, but those are really the only two ones that I was kind of upset that they took right before, right during the same round that I had them pre-drafted. But that was it, really. What was your favorite pick on your roster aside from Kamara? One of my favorite, I guess, picks that I got, I would have to say, and it would sound a little weird, but it would probably be between Eddie Jackson, just because he had such a great year last year. Um, Anywhere between Eddie Jackson and uh, another also surprising one would be Adam Humphreys, just because I kind of have hope for Adam Humphreys, I know he didn't do too well with uh, Tampa, but now that he kind of signed with the Titans, not only did he sign with the Titans, but it was a pretty extensive deal, in my opinion. You know, quite a bit of money there. Um, for me, it looked like, oh, they're probably they're going to try to invest in him. You know, they've already invested in him. They're going to give him opportunities. So I'm very excited to see how he's going to turn up. Uh, but those are probably going to be my two favorite picks just because it was, um, I don't know, it was just kind of a gut feeling for both of them. The last question for you, Dan. Uh, you said you were looking through the other teams and uh, kind of evaluating them. So uh, aside from your own team, which team do you like the most and why? Honestly, I am 50-50 on two different teams. Um, the two teams that I'm kind of torn between is actually going to be uh, Devin's team, the Metropolis Magicians, and um, who are these? The Pine Grove Grovers. I think that that's Dylan's team, right? Yeah. Yeah, so between both of them, I'm actually kind of split between them. I think they're both really good teams. I think, if anyone, I have to give a slight edge to Devin. Um, I'm really liking the running backs. You got Chris Carson, Cohen, which, you know, you guys already know I'm a huge fan of Cohen from last year. Um, and Melvin Gordon. Now I think about it, I actually had Cohen and Gordon last year, so that's probably a big reason that I like them. Um, and then obviously with the first round pick in the rookie draft, you got Josh Jacobs, a lot of potential there. So his running game is looking fantastic. Um, he even has Caleb Blodge, which, you know, if Drake ever decides to not turn up, that can be a lot of value on that certain running back as well. Um, not too big on the quarterbacks. I don't like Dak nor Rivers. You know, when it's super young, when it's super old. But the running backs kind of make up for it. His receivers are just filthy. I mean, he has Brown. I don't know how he's going to do in Oakland, but, you know, Brown is Brown. Will Fuller, which I liked two years ago when he could stay healthier a little longer with Watson. Uh, Mr. Keaston Galladay, you know, guy's a G. Um, not sure if Josh Gordon's going to come back, to be completely honest. He did take Hunter Renfro, which I was thinking about getting, but I saw some highlights. Nothing too, too impressive. Um, oh, there he, there he is. He took Fan and Reed. Both of them were tight ends that I wanted. Uh, but yeah, I mean, his team is just... His team is looking really, really good in my opinion. Um, I guess he's looking at his submitted lineup, uh, I don't think there's really a player that I don't really like. If only his, in my opinion, if only his quarterbacks would have been something different. Just, but then that's a personal reason for me. It's just, you know, I'm not a fan of Dak. I hate the Cowboys. Sorry, who if anyone's a Cowboy fan. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I really like. I know if I had his team, I wouldn't. Um be upset in the slightest uh 
But yeah, I mean, and you know, knowing Devin, kind of know what he's doing. He's been competitor last two years, so even though he's a quiet man, he's a quiet man. He 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 knows what he's doing. All right, so uh, we'll go through and talk about what we uh, what we like the most about your team pick wise here. So why don't you go ahead and go first, Aaron? Who's your favorite pick? Well, I mean, I want to give a quick shout out for uh, your round. 19 pick where you uh you set the ball rolling on the coaches with Sean McVay. Uh, I I respected the uh you know the the confidence in uh Mr. Sean McVay, although it did take like another 10 rounds for the next coach to get taken. So I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. But my favorite picks are uh your number two and three receivers, which are my boy Tyler Boyd and then Sterling Shepard. I'm personally big fans of both of them. I think you've got a really good, uh, really good top three group receivers. Um, if you're looking to, you know, lessen your weight at wide receiver, like let me know and I'll take one off your hands for you. But uh, but yeah. no, in all seriousness, you have a really good group of top three receivers there. Yeah, for me personally, I just think your uh, your top four first picks were just absolutely phenomenal. Like your first three picks, your three stack of Kamara, Cook, and Julio Jones is like top top two, top three in the league. Probably the best first three picks start out of anybody, to be honest with you. And then uh, I also did like your Eddie Jackson pick. Even though he's playing free safety, he's still going to be pretty solid. And yeah, aside from that, um, Eckler was a pretty good pick. I was actually going to take him around that same area, so you did snipe me there. That was a solid pick. But, yeah, your top three for me was just absolutely phenomenal, so good job with that. Thanks, compadres. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, the ballsy pick with the the shout-out for the McVeigh pick. Um, just, kind of like, just kind of like the defensive players, I just decided to snatch him. Um, if they were available, you know, I, I'm pretty sure during that pick, I can't, if I can't remember clearly, I'm pretty sure I was like at work maybe. Um, and I, I had like a five minute uh, piss break <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, I guess it's my turn. And I wasn't really feeling who was available. I don't know. We'd have to kind of see who else was kind of taken during that same time frame. But I was like, you know what, why not? And I just took Sean McVay. I was going to go for Sean Payton, but I started looking at contract deals. Nothing was looking too, too promising with that. Even though I, you know, I love I love me some, uh, some Payton. But uh, deciding, you know, I'm just going for this young coach. He's been doing well. And uh, when I talked to, <laughs> I jokingly, mentioned it to Aaron like oh yeah round four or something I'm, I'm gonna go Sean McVay I'm, or I'm gonna go Sean Payton and then he's like if it's if it's gonna be anybody it's gonna be McVay so he kind of had a small influence on that just because um you know kind of got me thinking a little bit but yeah man I appreciate you guys it's um like I'm I'm pretty happy with my team so thank you for uh complimenting it as well Yes, sir. You did a solid job. So you did pretty good for this. Uh, this being your first dynasty league draft. So, yeah, I give him an A. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, I probably give him a solid, uh, a solid B plus. I mean, especially considering <laughs> he's only uh, played fantasy and even watched football. Period. For what this is going to be your, like third season. You know, I think you've uh, you've picked up pretty quickly, and you get more and more into it each year. So I definitely. Uh, have no qualms with your roster. Yeah, feller, it's my third year. And I think this year I might actually uh, splurge a little bit, get that motion. Uh, oh, oops, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Mother quack. <laughs> Mother quack. Uh, NFL, like, what, Sunday ticket through DirecTV? Yeah, Sunday that's going to be awesome. Um, I'm just glad, honestly, that I was able to grab so many i don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing so many saints players just because last year i was watching you know i'm huge saints fan it's last year whenever i'll be watching the game and then knowing that jabir was was the one grabbing taking advantage of all these points it made me a little sad um still didn't change the outcome that i always wanted the Saints to win but now that i have kamara 
Now they have some of my favorite defensive players, such as uh, good old what's Cameron Jordan. Um, you know, and and a lot of people laughed at Eli Apple, but last year I feel like he did pretty good swap, swapping over to the with the Saints. So I'm gonna be excited to watch not only what I want the Saints to win, but knowing that I have so many players from them, it's going to be even beneficial when they do good as well. And now you can uh, exact your revenge on Jabir because you're, uh, now you're in his division, so you can uh, you can single-handedly keep him out of the playoffs with his own star, Alvin Kamara. It's going to be a little bit of sweet revenge for you. Aye, aye. Yeah, good job, man. Thank you, thank you. And yeah, yeah Jabir, if you're hearing this, I hope you're still uh, in your deep slumber. It'll be best because uh, <laughs> that way you'll <laughs> it's not too much of a bumpy ride. But uh, but yeah, I'm a, I'm be after you, boy. You might be my my arc nemesis, so to say. Jeez. Well, thanks for joining us, Dan, and we will see you out there. Well, thanks for having me, big fellers. It was nice and fun. Um, you know, got to talk about fantasy, which is great. Because uh, I've been itching to talk. So, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Sure thing. See you next time. Okay, so Dan. The first one to pull the trigger on the head coach. And of course, he took the obvious choice for uh, head coach one, Sean McVay. Pair him with uh, Jared Goff. And he's got a really, really solid running back core here. This was, uh, as I alluded to a little bit earlier when we were doing Ryan's interview, He's got probably some of the best running back depth in the entire league here with Eckler now with uh, Gordon's situation over there in Los Angeles as well. Fair hand with Dante Foreman who could break out if Lamar Miller finally gets uh, benched over there in Houston. And uh, Devin Singletary could be breaking out next year. Benny Snell, who knows, he might come to life at any point for Pittsburgh if there's an injury over there. He's got Julio Jones. Behind that, you're a little bit thin at wide receiver. Tight end is decent i'm not the biggest austin hooper fan personally but he's got probably the best group of pass rushers in the entire league as well joey boza nick bosa and jordan cameron are going to pair for a lethal three stack at the defensive end position yeah when i look at dan's team i think he has the best rb one two punch in the entire league and i also think he has the best set of starting defensive linemen i'm a good bit higher on his starting receivers with Boyd and Shepard and Julio Jones. Although I do think while he has some solid floor plays like Adam Humphreys, Kenny Stills, uh, Nelson Aguilar, I don't think any of them are primed to be big-time contributors down the stretch if he were to suffer an injury. Overall, though, I do think he has pretty solid players at every position through his lineup. And if I had to project his team Record-wise, I would probably say, worst case, he's looking at five to six wins with a ceiling of eight-ish wins. For me personally, I would say Dan's looking at a floor of probably six, uh, ceiling probably around nine. I just think, the uh, like you just said, the running back stack, I have him. Actually, this is uh, alluding to a future podcast, but I had his running back stack graded out, uh, tied for first with a 20 out of 20 points in our grading scale that you're going to find in two episodes here. So I think that his running backs are going to carry him, and I would realistically probably project him for around 8-9. Yeah, don't want to give away too much information for that rankings episode. Make sure to stay tuned to the group me to find out when that's going to be. But for now, though, we got to finish out this podcast. So we've got two more teams to go. Next, we're going to head over the border to Toronto, talk to Tony a little bit. Join with us now is Tony, the Toronto Tontons. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good, you know, feeling pretty good about the year. Good, good. And what was your strategy coming into the draft? No strategy at all. Just balls to the walls, guns blazing. I'm ready to go and hopefully it went well. <laughs> I think you're the first person to say it like that, and I think it worked out pretty well for you. Get one of the better win now teams, so I think you did a pretty solid job with that kind of strat. So, good work. <laughs> well, uh, given that you didn't have a strategy, uh, do you feel like you came away with a with a good team, or do you feel like you uh, 
ended up with a worse team than you were expecting or hoping for? Um, you know, coming without, like I said, I didn't have a strategy. So coming into it, I was feeling a bit squirmish and shit. But uh, coming out of it, I'm feeling pretty uh pretty positive about how things turned out. Like I'm I'm in I'm in love with my uh my running backs, and I got some pretty good uh, uh wide receivers. They they may be old, but like hey, I can use that to my advantage at the at the moment. So at least you got uh Marquez Valdez scaling in round thirteen. I was looking hard at him in that area. So it was a uh. A player that you got sniped on that you wanted really bad. I got sniped on. Um. Well, I wasn't expecting Tyree Kill to fall. Well, like what was it like round five or something like that when you picked him or round four? Yeah, mid round four. Yeah, I was expecting him to go a little later, just because of like the, um, like possibility of him being suspended for a year. So I mean, I know it's not like nothing to. Like actually work be worked up about for just a year in this league, but I was expecting maybe him to just fall a little later. So I was actually hoping to try and get Tyree Kill, but See I knew that you and Joey wanted him really bad. That's why I was freaking out on the day of when I got to take him. I was sweating bullets. Alright, so what was your favorite pick on your roster aside from your first pick or second pick? What was my favorite pick besides the first and second? Um, I I gotta say my my favorite pick probably be getting up get my man's Greg the leg, because <laughs> I mean I know I can always count on that man to always give me them points in the year so long as he's you know healthy you know not pulling his uh his peepee. <laughs> you got him in round twenty four pick seven so. I can't. I think he was the second kicker to go off the board, but yeah, I was looking at him too in that area, and you should have him for at least ten years, I would think, with that super high scoring Rams offense. So you got to get your guys. You're the first person to say kicker, though, so that's unique. Man, you just gotta you gotta give shoutouts to the the little guys. All right, Tony. So you've gotten a chance to look at all the uh, rosters in the league. Uh, so out of all the teams besides your own, who is one team that you really like? It can either be a team you think is going to be really good this year or just a team that you think uh, did a really good job drafting. Um, I'd say Dylan's team because I love his running backs because he's got my boy that I, I had last year who everyone slept on, Marlon Mack. And he's got some pretty, pretty decent wide receivers to come. Uh, Julian Edelman, though, is probably going to be gone here, though, in the next year or two. But, yeah, i definitely say uh, Dylan. All right, Aaron, so what's uh, one or two of your favorite picks from his roster here? So looking at Tony's team, uh, there's a bunch of players that I'm intrigued with. Uh, obviously, I think his pick of Roquan Smith in round 10 was a very good pick. I was trying to throw Joey off the trail of Roquan Smith because he asked me my opinion on him. And... I said he was a little risky with uh, Khalil Mack and Darian Trevathan there. And that was all in the hopes that I could somehow get Roquan Smith. But obviously did not get that chance. Uh, and then the rookie draft, I really liked uh, the pick of Justice Hill. It the, was like the 208, I think it was. Uh, I think he has a really good chance to, even if he's not the number one back in Baltimore, I think they're going to run the ball maybe 400 times as a team, something absurd. And uh, so that means that there should be plenty of opportunity for uh, Justice Hill to produce. So I really like those two picks personally. Yeah, for me, I really like your uh, round 13 uh, 06 pick of Marquez Valdez Scantling, as I mentioned earlier, because I think he's going to be the number two out there in Green Bay. So he should turn up really well. Uh, the Darius Leonard and Denell Hunter picks were pretty good as well. I also like Ian Thomas pick round 12, because I think he's going to be pretty good once Greg Olson eventually goes away at some point, whenever that may be. Uh, your round 31 pick of Giovanni Bernard, I was looking at taking him around that area, so you actually did snipe me on that one. And uh, your round 39 pick of Justin Watson, 39.06, I thought that was a pretty solid pick as well for that late, because who knows if he ends up being the number three in Tampa. That actually put up some decent points 
from that position last year as a team with all their passing yardage and touchdowns. So it's a pretty good late pick as well. So overall, I think you did a, a pretty solid job with your picking. So good work. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, Tony. And we will see you out there on the virtual field. Yeah, man. I'm going to kick your ass. Oh. <laughs> No, (laughs) good luck. (laughs) That's all you. All right, peace. See you. All right, so Tony's team has some very, very good players at the top. Uh, He probably had one of the best teams through four rounds, starting with Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, T.Y. Hilton, and A.J. Green. That is a very, very good lineup for a win-now team. Andrew Luck is fantastic at quarterback. He was my number two quarterback heading into this personally. He probably has the best linebacker one-two with Roquan Smith and Darius Leonard. Probably the only person that I can think can compete with that would be Jason. His rest of his defensive starters, he's has players at every level that could be big producers, although I'm not as confident in them. And overall, I do think this is a solid team for winning this season. Although he does, like I mentioned earlier, have some depth concerns uh, throughout his roster. Yes, he does have some depth concerns. Definitely running back. Uh, Once you get past uh, Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, and Justice Hill, it starts to thin out really, really quickly. AJ Green is getting a little bit older at wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton's like 29, I believe, at this point. Sean Jackson's 32. Marvin Jones is 29. So he's got a little bit of an older receiving core here. At least he's got Marquez Valdez-Scantling to help bring that average age down a little bit. Deontay Johnson could break out for Pittsburgh because, you know, they're the wide receiver gurus. And uh, I think that his receiving core is probably one of the best in the league for this year. Not so sure because he could kind of go down the pipe really quickly within a few years. I'm a big fan of his tight end. So Ian Thomas mixed with Jay Sternberger and Chris Herndon could be a pretty lethal trio here. As they develop, Ian Thomas probably isn't going to do too much this year. Jay Sternberger was going to be my third-round pick in the rookie draft before Tony took him from me. So that is obviously a great pick there. And then as Tony mentioned, Greg Zerline is going to be a beast per the norm here in that super high-scoring LA Rams offense. You know, the linebackers for this team are bar none. I think I actually graded them out perfectly here as well. More hype here for our episode here in probably two weeks or so, but... Yeah, Tony's team, I uh, project him realistically for, on the low end, probably seven wins. Um, but high end, I'm probably going to give him 10. I think there's a potential that he could get 10, 11 at the absolute most. But 10 or 11, I think this team is a championship contender. I'm, I'm a big fan. I see this team in a very similar light to Dan's. I think they're both probably the co-favorites for the division. And if I had to give a baseline projection i'd probably go similar to dan around a six win floor and a nine win ceiling for me all right so now you got our thoughts on tony scene let's head to atlantis check out jabir's roster all right and join with us now the notoriously slept on jabir the atlantis sharks how you doing tonight dude oh really good really good that's good to hear dude so we're going to ask you a few questions. So first off, what was your strategy heading into the draft? So I went into it first time uh, part of a dynasty league. And I thought probably not best to think of it as a best player available, thinking almost kind of projecting a lot of the players who I think might do well, who might rebound. Uh, and towards the later, probably towards the later picks, maybe do a little bit more upside people who can, who maybe like solid veterans that at least have two or three more years left that people uh, underrated. And that's pretty much about it. So Jabir, I do have to ask uh, one interesting trend that I saw throughout the draft for any of the teams was your was your affinity for the tight end position. I just you took George Kittle in the second, and then you took Jared Cook pretty early, and they just seemed to keep on coming. I think I like what Jimmy Graham, uh Tyler Higby, 
Uh, I know you got Irv Smith. So, uh, so what made you focus in on those tight ends? So, uh, I would say I probably messed up with the running back and wide receiver position. And I'd probably say to kind of rebound, just add as many weapons as I could, per se. And maybe, I mean, because now if Gordon is it's going to at least miss or he's actually going to get traded, then Justin Jackson is going to end up doing really well. But other than that, uh, I'm, the running backs are kind of hit and miss because I don't really know what to expect from my running backs or my wide receivers too. So I just thought, I, I know I could trust Kittle. Hayden Hurst is, again, a sleeper. I don't expect Higby to do too much, if any at all, to be honest. And I think Cook should thrive. Graham, I mean, who knows? And I just like the, the upside with Smith Jr. Yeah, I wanted Kittle, and I'm sure Ryan also wanted Kittle, so you kind of hurt me with that pick. Felt a little sad inside. They kind of hurt me with taking Devontae Adams, but yeah. he was probably, arguably probably, one of the best players left on the board, and I didn't want to take a, a questionable running back that high. So I just thought he's most likely, he's going to at least be very good to great in that offense, especially considering I don't still th- don't think they have a game breaking wide receiver nor running back. So he's going to get his opportunities. So you briefly alluded to uh, your opinion on your running backs and receivers, but given your strategy of just trying to grab the best values, uh, on your team, do you feel like you did a good job? Do you feel like you did better, or did you do worse in some parts than you were uh, hoping for? Uh, so I would say it probably turned out worse, a little bit worse, because running back was my running backs are kind of iffy. I don't really know what to expect, and you're kind of like I say, I'm kind of hoping for a lot of boomer bust players to lean towards more boom than bust, but I mean, honestly, have no idea. So did you get sniped at all at any point? Uh, I got sniped with the Devontae Adams. I got sniped uh, with the uh, Daryl Henderson. I thought, I think he's going to do fantastic, especially if they start limiting Gurley's carries, he's going to be, he should be really, really explosive. Uh, uh, I got sniped with, uh, I didn't think, especially how down some of the people in the group, I didn't think anyone was going to take Metcalf that early. And I was just surprised he went, what, I think he went top five? It was uh, 107, I believe. 107, so he just went just right before me. I was surprised. So, so what ended up being your favorite pick on your roster outside of your first two or three picks? Would probably say I, I'm, this is more towards kind of like next year, but getting a combination of Smith, Telvin Smith, and Quincy Williams, with Telvin Smith pretty much being out of commission for this year. And them drafting Quincy Williams to fill that spot. And if he plays well, then when Smith comes back, he has someone right next to him to compete. And it I looks like I will have two linebackers for the future, uh, especially considering uh, Lorenzo Alexander, I think, is really old and Woody R is old. So I really won't have to address the linebacker positions. That's actually probably the most interesting answer we've got so far to that question, so good job. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, Jabir. So 
had a little bit of time, you've been able to look over all the different teams in the league. And if you can't pick yourself, who is one team that you really like? Uh, it can either be a team that set themselves up to win a title this season, or it could be a team that set themselves up really good for the future. So, I'd probably say one of the teams I like the most is probably Tony's. Just because uh, he he set himself, he's loaded a running back. I think, I think, no matter what, he should have probably a top ten running back, maybe even two. Uh, out of his group, wide receiver, he's got some sleepers. Um, one thing I do worry about for him is defense, but. His D-line is looking pretty good. His linebackers are kind of questionable. But, yeah, I think Tony I think Tony has probably the best team, in my opinion. Yeah, I was going to say, you're actually the, uh, the second Tennessee fan to say you like Tony's team, so Tony's got some fans in Tennessee. <laughs> so, Cole, what were one or two of your favorite picks from uh, Jabir's draft? I really, really liked the uh, Jameis Winston pick in round 18. Got him 18.04. That was crazy value for him. I was targeting him actually as well. And for you to get the potential that he has with uh, all the studs they have on offense there surrounding him, that's a really solid pick in round 18. Uh, Round 20, you took Earl Thomas. I was targeting him as well. I was just going to let my Ravens homerism take me on that one, but he got taken from me. Uh, the Telvin Smith pick in round 25, uh, you're basically just keeping him out for a whole season. Obviously, he's not going to be there, but he's still a stud when he's in, so that's probably a decent pick in round 25 there. And then uh, late, I also like the Justin Jackson pick round 34, and that could be a pretty awesome value for you there if uh, Gordon ends up holding out or ends up getting traded to a different team to get a running back that could see significant playing time in round 34 due to Eckler's injury history. It could be one of the better picks in the draft, actually. Yeah, I too was also going to mention the Justin Jackson. Uh, obviously, at the time, it seemed like a solid handcuff pick, but now it's looking like it could really bolster up your running back core if Gordon has something happen with his situation. Um, one pick that I really liked was in the rookie draft at the 209 and the 309 when you took uh, Hakeem Butler and Irv Smith Jr. I think those are two really solid picks for next year and beyond, uh, especially Irv Smith as he's kind of behind Kyle Rudolph for now, but I can't envision that'll last super long. Uh, so to sit on him at tight end while you've got all your other guys already there is really good. And then Hakeem Butler, I like him a lot more than Andy Isabella personally, likes him more in the pre-draft and doesn't matter too much to me that Isabella is drafted higher. Uh, I still think Butler is the uh, the young guy to own out of those two in Arizona. And so I think you set yourself up pretty nicely combined with your uh, defensive picks in the rookie draft to uh, have a pretty solid core going into 2020 for sure. Yeah, the Christian Wilkins pick in round four of the rookie draft was also really good. I was targeting him there to get one of those mid-first-round uh, picks in the actual NFL draft just a stud defensive lineman he's probably going to end up producing pretty well so I'm, I'm a fan of your rookie draft I think he did really well you, know? you got anything you want to say to the league here before we peel out um, like I said I'm, I'm going into this this is first time doing anything like this and I'm going into it just real just new I'm, I'm a rookie and I don't know what to expect, but I'm gonna have fun and I'm gonna I'm gonna play to win. That's right. Yeah. I mean that's the nice thing is uh, most of us are rookies to uh to Dynasty. I mean I know a couple of us have played for like a year or so, uh me and Nick, but I think everyone else is doing it for their first time and I wouldn't exactly call myself an expert yet or anything like that. So it's definitely a open playing field. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing before we let you go, uh, I do have to ask: uh, Do you feel like you're uh, you're going to get slept on this year with your team? Uh, I 
especially considering I did so well with the other league, I doubt people are going to slip on me. Last time I slept on this man, he won 12 games in a row. But yeah, man, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you out there. Thank you, man. So Jabir, his team's got all the tight ends you could possibly need. He was the one that tore George Kittle from uh, myself and Ryan, so he had a bit of an unorthodox strategy, stacking up all those tight ends. Got some pretty solid running backs early. Got the super high upside Baker Mayfield quarterback pick mixed with Jameis Winston, so he's got a sky-high ceiling in his quarterback position. And he's got a little bit of a lacking receiving court behind Michael Thomas. A little bit of an older crew there, aside from Hakeem Butler there. But could end up making some noise if things break right for him. Yeah, Jabir definitely has a very risky roster, I feel. You have guys like Phil Lindsay who could split time with Royce Freeman, or he could be the BC was last year. You have Damian Williams who could be a top five RB, or he could flame out. You have Tyler Lockett who could keep up his efficiency and add the volume, or he could bottom out. There's just a lot of ifs and good case, bad case on this team. And I do think that, again, there are some depth concerns. I think really the big one is that wide receiver. He's looking at every week starting one of Larry Fitzgerald or Muhammad Sanu. And in the event that Michael Thomas went down, I just simply don't think Jabir could have any chance of winning the championship. Just with Tyler Lockett, Muhammad Sanu, and Larry Fitzgerald being your weekly Starters, I would feel shaky on that, definitely. He has the the tight end monopoly, so he could look to capitalize on some of the weaker teams in the league at that position and try to ship them off to whoever that may be. And on defense, I do think he has some solid players like Kevin Byard, uh, Denzel Ward. Telvin Smith was an interesting pick, I feel. He's going to have to hold him on his roster the whole season, but that could pay off next year. And then Lawrence, Casey, uh, Wilkins, and Dexter Lawrence, I think are all pretty solid picks on the D-line. So I don't think this is a team that I love for this year, but I do think that he has a lot of young stud pieces heading into 2020. Yeah, with his defensive backs, he's got the lockdown crew there with Casey Hayward, Xavier Howard, Marshawn Lattimore, and Denzel Ward. He's not going to get massive points from those guys as backups DBs, but... They are going to get a few tackles there. It's uh, It would be a lot better if we offered some type of fantasy stat for uh, coverage because those guys are definitely top-flight corners, but corners isn't as valuable as safety. Those backups aren't exactly Tier 1. So what would you project him out win-wise for this year? I think win-wise, I would probably say his floor is probably four wins in the event of a Michael Thomas injury. And then a ceiling, I can see six, maybe seven wins if everything hits right for him. Yeah, I would actually project the exact same. I'd say floor would be four wins, and ceiling's probably going to be six to seven. But who knows, maybe he can come out and shock everybody. This man uh, has been slept on before, and he comes roaring back every time. So we're doing him a favor here, to be honest. Yeah, Jabir, you might not be getting the hype now, but come later in the year, you can just keep telling him. You just watch. You just wait. He's going to break out. Okay, so now we're going to order these teams uh, four through one. Worst is first. And uh, give a little bit of projections for what we think is going to happen for the year. So who you got as your number four team here, Aaron? So my number four team here in the Central is the Atlanta Sharks. I just think... His wide receivers are too thin for this season, given you have to start three every week. I think his running backs, while they could be big booms, I am a little more risk-averse at that position than he is. And I think just overall this is a team that has the young pieces for the future, but I, I don't think it's a contender for this season. Although, to be fair, it does seem like he wants to build a team for the future based on some messages I've seen in the group me. So he's my number four team in the division. My number four team is going to be the Omaha Hawks. I just feel like the lack of running back depth there is going to come back to bite him a little bit. I'm not a huge fan of Jordan Howard. I think eventually he's going to get replaced by Miles Sanders. 
the draft capital they spent on Sanders and the history the Eagles have with second round running backs with uh, Westbrook and McCoy just shows that eventually it's going to be Sanders backfield. And I'm a little leery of the, uh, the receiving core here. If Sammy Watkins plays out the way he normally does and gets hurt at some point, the number one on this team is going to end up being Calvin Ridley, which is fine. I just don't think he has a sky high of his ceiling as some people would project him to behind Julio Jones out there and a healthy Devonta Freeman. But the tight end and quarterback position are going to carry this roster, but they are going to be my number four. Yeah, I'll actually go ahead and just parlay right off of that. For my number three team is the Omaha Hawks as well. I think this is just a team much like Jabir's that is in a better spot for 2020 than it is for 2019 because he has Pat Mahomes, he has TJ Hawkinson, he has Cortland Sutton, Sammy Watkins. He has a really young team and same thing on the defense. But I just think the running back core could be a weak spot for him this year. And overall, I just think he needs another season of drafting, free agency, you know, trades possibly in order to get himself into that prime favorite in the division status. You know, my number three is going to be the Atlanta Sharks next. I do think that he's going to get pretty good stats out of Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. I think he's going to have a breakout campaign out there with OBJ coming to Cleveland. I think Devonta Freeman and Damian Williams, as long as Damian Williams can stay on the field there and plays decent for at least a year, I think he's going to get really solid uh, points out of his running backs there. Like we said, Michael Thomas is going to be really, really solid. It's just a matter of the receivers behind him because Tyler Lockett will probably be good with Doug Baldwin out of there now. But the wide receiver three here is going to be relatively weak, so we just have to hope for him that he can find one of those guys that ends up playing a niche for him. At tight end, George Kittle is going to carry, obviously. All those tight ends, maybe he turns one into some type of trade to get a backup wide receiver or something. But I think that this team is going to be able to make a little bit of noise, but I don't necessarily see a playoff run for this season. Coming in at number two for me is the Denver Duckies. And I think he's got, as I mentioned before, probably the best, one of the best running back stables in the entire league. And I think that Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook are both going to be top flight RB1s. I project Dalvin Cook to be a top 10, potentially even top five by the end of the year, as long as he can stay healthy. Alvin Kamara is going to do Alvin Kamara things. I'm not as much of a fan of Sterling Shepard and Tyler Boyd as other people. I know Aaron and Dan, you both love Tyler Boyd. I'm just not a fan Austin Hooper, I feel like he's going to be decent as usual. He'll probably be a lower end tight end one. Not going to produce crazy numbers, but the defense is solid here. And I would still project this team to be at least close to a playoff berth here. I think that he's going to be really good down the road, especially with those running backs. Next year's running back stable is going to be even better than it is this year. So you need to watch out for this one, but they are my number two for this year. Yeah, unlike the... West Division, where we agreed on all four teams in order. Here we have nothing in agreement. As my number two team is the Toronto Tontons. My biggest reason for putting Tony below Dan, although I do think they are close, is I feel like Tony's top end talent is a little better, while his depth is a little worse than Dan's. And I'm just erring on, I prefer the depth that Dan has on his team, whereas he might not have the highest ceiling guys. Uh, if I look at Tony's running backs, I don't think that there's a floor with his running backs. If he loses Chubb or CMC and at receiver, I'm just not really a fan after the top two and then Marvin Jones and maybe Marquez Valdez-Scantling. It's just overall not a team that I'm in love with. However, I do think he has some good pieces and he I still think he's in playoff contention. He is just not my favorite in the division which would be Dan, the Denver Duckies in the number one spot, my tentative favorite in the division. Like I just said, I like Dan's starting lineup quite a bit with Goff, Kamara, Cook, Julio, Boyd, Shepard, Hooper, and then his defense has some good pieces all throughout. I do think that this team won't finish here if he suffers some injuries at receiver in particular. I feel like that's probably where he's the weakest on his bench, but... All throughout, he has like I said, the best D-line. He has a pretty solid DB core. Linebacker's a little weak for my taste, but if Miles Jack takes the step up 
following Telvin Smith's departure from the team. And I do think this would be my tentative favorite to win the division, although it is close between him and Tony. You were just talking about the uh, the receiving core between these two teams. Because for me, number one is obviously going to be the Toronto Tauntauns here. I think that if there was not going to be an injury guaranteed for this team for the running backs, the Tauntauns have a slightly less strong running back core than the Duckies. But the wide receiver core for me is it's a lot different. I like the Tauntaun receiving core a lot more. I'm obviously a big fan of Deshaun Jackson, if you can't tell. I think he's going to probably end up with a thousand and six come the end of the year. MVS, I feel like he's going to have a breakout campaign and just the receivers for this team are going to carry at least for a year. I think him to the top spot in the division. And then like we mentioned, I think the tight ends are really good on this roster. And then the linebackers are going to be an absolute terror for him on defense. He's going to get a ton of points from Roquan Smith and Darius Leonard. And I feel like that'll be enough to propel the Toronto Tauntauns to a division title and possibly even a league title as I projected them out to be probably one of the best teams in the entire league. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to me and Cole talk about the central division a little bit. I do think it's an interesting division. And while I don't think it's terrible per se, I do think that it is going to be pretty competitive as I do think that all four of the teams are pretty similar in talent. Uh, Next up, is going to be obviously the conclusion of this series with the East Division. Hopefully we have that out around this time next week. Just depends on how quickly we can get Dylan in to record with him. And with that, we will talk to you guys later. Have a good day, guys.